A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman. Alongside me today, Gareth Batty and also uh, Darren Goff in conversation with the man who will lead England. The new head coach, Chris Silverwood, in conversation live from Lords, as well as director of cricket, Ashley Giles. Plenty to talk about on this special following on podcast from TalkSport. Okay, first things first, let's hear from Goffey in conversation with the new head coach of England, Chris Silverwood. Chris Silverwood just been appointed the head of men's cricket at Tests and One Day Internationals and T20. And we used to sit across from each other. Oh, we're not. We used to bowl in separate ends together way back in our day at Yorkshire. What a nervous way it must have been for you, Chris. Yeah, it was a, a long couple of days, obviously waiting for the decision to come through. Uh, and obviously delighted, extremely proud and humbled to be told that I was the next England head coach. Did you think when you started out on your path in, in coaching after a successful uh, cricket career but you would get to the point where you're going to be appointed England's head coach? I think there was always a desire. Uh, probably much like you as a kid, I dreamed of playing for England. Uh, I mean, as a bowler. Yeah. Uh, and then when I embarked on my coaching line, it was always in there was always a passion I always wanted to get back and pull those three lines back on in a coaching capacity and as I say I mean I've worked extremely hard over the last sort of 10 years to get here but to actually get that call to say you are the next England head coach as I say it was wow uh, as I say, extremely humbling but so proud because you started out I remember when you first went out and I thought wow Chris Silver is going out to Zimbabwe to coach because you went out there and coached didn't you one winter um, and was that a big part of your learning curve I think it was. Um, and it came by chance a little bit. I was, it was one of the last second team games I played for Middlesex. It was down at Bristol. And Anthony Island was sat opposite me in the, uh, the tea room. We were having a coffee together. And he got a text from Zimbabwe just saying, we started things up again. Uh, would you like to come back and play? And equally, do you know anybody that would like to come and either coach, play, whatever it may be? And he just looked at me and said, I'd, I'd like to work with you. Would you be interested? And I went, yeah. Actually, I would. And within 10 minutes, I got Alistair Campbell on the line. Uh, are you serious about coming over? Yep. And I was initially going over as a, a player that would help coach Mich- uh, Michonland. 
and then the contract came through it said head coach and I was like well I've never done this before <laughs> you'll be fine honestly but huge learning curve uh, it galvanized the fact that yes I wanted to be a coach um, and it also taught me that actually to get the best out of people <clears throat> at times I had to listen understand and then try and make changes after that really um, and it, it taught me a lot about myself do you know what I've always thought about you, Spoon? Because you're an hard lad, you're a tough lad, you've had a tough upbringing, uh, similar to myself, but you're a good listener. You're a good listener and you're a good communicator. Would you say that's your biggest skills, man management? I would say it is, to be honest. I mean, don't get me wrong, I spend a lot of time looking at bowling actions and technical side of things and stuff like that. But I would say the, the thing that's brought me success so far is man management, uh, listening to people, finding the best time to actually say things to people to, to maybe make little tweaks here and there but equally you know what I mean S listening and spending time pulling people together as well mm. uh, which is a big thing for me it's pulling a group together all pulling towards one goal one one vision and going out there and making it happen and it's probably you would say I mean working under Trevor Bayliss being part of a successful World Cup winning side being part of the Ashes series in the UK that must have been a strong base for you to start from as well now you've got the head coach's role it is I mean the great thing is obviously what a great time to be involved in English cricket I mean to see what we saw this summer was absolutely phenomenal and to be part of it was absolutely fantastic and what the last two years have allowed me to do is to get the relationships with the players, to get the relationship with the backroom staff, to understand how the dressing room works, to understand how the, the system works and how, you know what I mean, VCB work, uh, has obviously stood me in good stead, really. Um, and the great thing is, it, the same thing happened to Essex to me. I mean, I came through the system there and you know where the little tweaks need to be made and you've got relationships to do it uh, and do it in a way that's positive. Um, so I think that's one of the, the great things that the last two years has given me is that ability to be able to go in and do that. So fascinating stuff. It wasn't Gary Kirsten after all. Alex Stewart, of course, uh, withdrew from the running. It's Chris Silverwood uh, alongside me. Gareth Batty, a man who would have played against Chris Silverwood uh, on many occasions. Um, oh, well, first things first, your thoughts. We were talking last week about it potentially being Gary Kirsten. The ECB have decided to go in-house. They've gone with Silverwood, a man that we thought was being groomed for the big job, but maybe not quite now. Um, but he impressed in the in the meeting. He's certainly uh, got the ear of Owen Morgan and Joe Root and the backing of the team. And he's England's new head coach. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I actually played with him as a very young man, played against him as an older man, and then played against his team when he's been coach um, at Essex and, uh, and now obviously being around the England setup. The one thing we know about Chris Silverwood is his pedigree around the game and people that know um, the insiders of the game know he's a really solid, straight, very trustworthy man. Those are great credentials when you're talking about elite sport. To boot, his knowledge that he's... Obviously very, very good. He took Essex to the, the, the First Division Championship only two years ago with a team that had faltered for a long time in, in red ball cricket. He gave them direction, he gave them purpose, he gave them roles within the team. Um, we're talking about a young coach and unfortunately with everything that's been said around the 100, young coaches are not getting the opportunities they should have, rightly so. This fella has earned this right. Um, the England boys love him. Most of those guys were asked who they wanted, and I'm pretty sure, and I know from a few that I've spoken to, they wanted him in. Uh, this guy is, uh, is going to be very good for England. 
So what is it about him then? I mean, you played against him, played with him. I mean, you know him well. What does he bring, apart from the fact that he's a trustworthy bloke and, you know, he's kind of been there and done it? What, how is he, how is Chris Silverwood going to improve this side in ways that Trevor Bayliss didn't manage to? I think some small details, um, particularly with real clarity of the bowling attack, understanding the guys that maybe have to hold the game, make sure the scoreboard doesn't go anywhere for the guy maybe attacking at the other end. The understanding from a player point of view, uh, what each individual is going through to get them in the right mental space to be performing better consistently. Um, And I think just knowing that they can rely on a man and just know that he's got their back. And we see it in interviews after games. Sometimes you think, oh, is the coach breaking rank? Is he not? I think Chris is a very honest man. He'll be upfront with people. And you just know where you stand with him. And I think that is a great quality to have. There is some criticism, though, that it's a little bit jobs for the boys. Ashley Giles has come in um, and he's brought in Paul Collingwood, a player that he played alongside for many years. Um, He's promoted Chris Silverwood, a guy that's very much within the family, or certainly has been for the last few years. Do you think there is uh, justification for that tag? Or do you think, literally... Ashley Giles is picking the right men for the right jobs. I think Collingwood is a is a separate um, a separate sort of issue to talk about because he played with England so long, which Silverwood hasn't done. He's played, but not for extended periods. Collingwood is captain and took England to a T Twenty final. Um, he was seen as the guy that was the bit of the glue that gelled the whole group together from time to time, and he was basically put into that fielding coach role as soon as he finished playing. He was earmarked a long time out that he would be involved in the coaching setup. Totally different scenario. Chris Silver has had to go the other way. He went away from cricket for a couple of years from when he finished, and he finished through injury, so he understands uh, the physicality of the game. Big, strong man when he bowled, so understands what you need as a, as a player, uh, the tenacity, the engine, the, the, the desire. He understands all those things. But he also now, from a, a coaching career that's spanning maybe five, six years, uh, I think, in the making, He's won something and won something that is actually the hardest thing to win in domestic cricket, the championship, no mean feat. He's earned it. Then he's gone into the England job because of those great things he'd been doing county cricket. And he has helped and moved forward our bowling attack. Now, the the biggest concern for England is you've got Anderson and Broad who are sort of on, say, the twilight of their career. I think Silverwood can sort of get that position to work for us. We can evolve that situation and get the most out of Anderson and Broad for the team and for England moving forward. It wouldn't surprise me if I saw them involved in a coaching capacity like we saw with Collingwood and actually have people moving in within the ranks and having a good, solid uh, wheel that, that it all moves around with the odd addition that maybe is seen as outside the wheel. Let's hear from Ashley Giles, Director of Cricket. He also sat down at Lords with Darren Goff. What a nine months in charge, Ash. What a summer. Yeah, it's been pretty busy. Um, the cricket itself, I suppose, uh, coming into a, a World Cup and Ashes, Ashes summer is uh, was always a bit of a risk, actually. I, I knew that. I would have probably snapped your hand off if you'd offered me a World Cup and a drawn Ashes series at the start of the summer. But then everything else going on in the background, knowing that Trev was leaving, looking for his replacement, a slight restructuring of, of that coaching team, um, but happy with where we've got to at the moment, yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, listen, the, uh, the previous, obviously, director, um, Andrew Strauss, he, he focused on one-day cricket and it was to try and get World Cup success. We got that. You were part of that and overseeing it. 
was it just difficult? You talk there about a difficult summer ahead with the Ashes following the World Cup. It was always going to be difficult though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really difficult. And for the players and the management yeah. as much as anything, after the high of the uh, the World Cup final, I, th- I don't care whoever who you are or whatever series you're going into, the mental and the physical strains, even of that one day here at Lords, were incredible. Um, but I was personally really proud of the way the guys ran through the line. They easily, going 2-1 down in the ashes, yeah. could have been quite easy for them to roll over at the Oval. But uh, all credit to, to Joe Root, to Trevor and the rest of the coaches and the players that they they really did run through the line and to finish 2-2 was great credit to them yeah the, the, you know the scheduling wasn't perfect but we always said at the start of the summer that it was a, a great opportunity to do something that that no one's ever done before and we, we got very close you did get very close and and the most important thing about it um, Ashley is when it comes down to that last test and getting that uh, victory at the Oval it's massive because it's the test championship and you're playing for points yeah yeah the test championship comes into it pride comes into it more than anything you, every time you go out you, you're playing for England um, and we've got a duty to the people who pay and come watch you know and the uh, we we still have fantastic crowds coming to watch us for test cricket which is which is great and and the, you know the moments we've had this summer as well which I didn't touch on the the Stokes moment or the World Cup final here the Stokes moment at Headingley oh. just amazing and they're two moments that we replayed again and again and again for years to come and that's that should be what we're in the business of is inspiring future kids to play cricket by having those sort of moments oh yeah well we'll, we'll remember those moments forever but when you took the job you know one of the biggest uh, parts of it was going to be to find a new coach for trevor bayless you knew he was going to be leaving at the end of the summer how's that gone where did the process start for you ash the process was in the end after we finished the ashes in short, I mean, I'm not going to talk about specific candidates. I don't think that's fair on anyone. It's a, it should be a private um, business. But um, you start with a long list. A lot of people I will have face-to-face conversations with, long conversations, um, and if not, on the telephone. Uh, and again, lengthy conversations around them and, and where they see us and where they would think about taking the team. And then you whittle that down to a, to a short list and people you want to interview. And um, I need to make one thing clear, you know, this this thing around presenting that that seems to have gathered a lot of momentum in in some of the media we don't we don't employ someone to be the next head coach of England through their presentation style how they work keynote or or any other of these presentation tools um, but clearly the the content's important you know I think I'm well within my rights to ask any candidate uh, of their philosophy and where they think they're going to take our team because our team's really important to us and uh, that's how it worked. It was very informal, really. Although they presented, actually, they sat with us, and as we went through it, we we discussed different parts of presentation. It was more of an informal chat, really. We don't expect um, England head coaches to be uh, uh, experts on on presenting style, but uh, an enjoyable process. And then we, you know, we got we got to a point where we uh, we got to Chris Silverwood. Ashley Giles chatting with his old uh, teammate Darren Goff. Then um, going back to the role, Chris Silverwood and the decision to give him the job. I suppose one of the frustrations from an England fan perspective was that when batsmen were failing, or indeed bowlers, or more the case that the batsmen were failing for England, Trevor Bayliss, the former coach, didn't really have any idea of who should come in. 
You know, he admitted he'd never seen Mark Stoneman play before he played for England. And there was a couple of other incidents like that. I suppose with someone like Chris Silverwood, that isn't a problem that England are going to face uh, because, of course, he very much does know the players that play week in, week out um, at domestic level. Yeah, I mean, the only guys he might not know are the, the 19, 20-year-olds that have burst on the scene this year. The rest of it, he would know. Um, and a lot of these names, uh, you don't get drastic changes in in, in uh, county cricket, in the domestic game. You just get guys who all of a sudden understand their game and start getting their career on, on track. You're not going to see too many Joe Roots as a youngster and Ollie Port, hopefully, as we see now, that get picked as a youngster and kind of stay there. Um People evolve their careers, and I think Chris Silverwood has seen both sides of the fence. He will understand the guys that are maybe in a place that they should be playing for England now, that maybe they weren't when they were younger. He has a great relationship, by all accounts, with Ed Smith, and I think he could be the real solid sounding board for the whole group. He's not somebody that's going to go off on a tangent and, and be massively spiking up. He's not going to massively spike down. Very consistent, very even about where his vision is taking him with Joe Root. I think it'd be great for Joe Root. It'd be that man that Joe can lean on, which every captain needs modern day. I, I think it'd just be that really consistent backing that, uh, that the group needs to actually put the consistency out on the field. Brilliant stuff. Uh, and before you go, a bit of exciting news. Another big signing for Surrey that we can look forward to seeing next year. Won't be seeing him so much playing against England when TalkSport 2 head over to South Africa. Um, but news of, of a returning and very much a, a former favourite at the Oval. Yeah, Hashim Amla uh, signed back with us. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a great time when he was with us before and we were all uh, overjoyed for him to sign again. I mean, what a wonderful player and what an ambassador for, for cricket in general. Uh, his great mate, Morning Markle, uh, taking the new ball and him facing it probably at the other end. So it's, uh, it's very good for cricket fans. It's very good for Surrey. Brilliant stuff. Bats, uh, I'll let you go. Thanks for joining us again uh, on Following On Podcast. We will be back next week as well uh, with the 100 draft uh, coming up at the end of the week. No doubt we'll talk a bit about that and uh, whatever else has happened in the world of cricket. But thanks for listening to the Following On Podcast on TalkSport. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.